there is a movement sweeping across the land where fascination, understanding, transformation, and the story come to life. Read the story. Experience the Bible. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us again for uh, another one of our pastoral Bible studies. Uh, we're moving our way right through uh, the story here pretty quickly, and I think most people are still really enjoying it. Uh, at this point in the story, we start getting to some of maybe the characters, the individuals that maybe we know by name a little bit more. Uh, in today's case, it's the individual of David plays a major role within scripture uh, because of who God selects him to be able to be and who God raises him up to be. So today we'll just kind of start right off there, look at the story and kind of the history of David. Uh, we don't see everything this week. That'll be in uh, next week's message yeah. and in next week's Bible study, but we get a really good snapshot of who David is today. It's just an idea of how important David is in the story, in God's story. Like he's two chapters devoted yeah. to David's life. And, well, two and, books. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two books yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Major, major chapters that are in here. Yeah. Two chapters of the story. story, two books here within Samuel. Yeah. It's a, a lot that we have being able to, to look at. So uh, let's just kind of pick up then uh, with maybe looking a little bit back at uh the sermon that we had on Sunday, being able to see that David was anointed as king, that he's selected. And it's such a neat story that uh, God tells Samuel that he is going to show him who the king is. And he goes to the house of Jesse, where God tells him to go. And he says, I'm going to show you the king. And I want to pause there for just a second, because I love that God gives Samuel all of these details. I'm going to tell you who the king is. Uh, here's the household to be able to go to. And he sends him off, but he doesn't tell him which brother it is. He could have told him right then and there. Right. All right, just so you know, it's going to be the youngest boy right. when, you get, when there. you get there. He keeps everybody not in the dark, but <laughs> almost uh, in, in this setup of being able to reveal how God works. Yeah. Do you ever kind of get that in this, this story of uh, yeah. this picture of David's life here? Oh, absolutely. And, and think about it in our own life, too. Like, God doesn't usually come down and just give you every single detail. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is how you're going to, you're going to, I don't know, what take this job and you're going to be given this assignment and then you're going to think of this great idea to do a wonderful thing in this company or, or in our own lives, uh, the way things are just going to play out. I think a lot of times we get a, a good general direction and even confirmation. I think about that in my own life. I use that word a lot. I think about how I feel like God has pulled me into one direction or to take on a certain task. And it's like, yeah, okay, I think God wants me to do this. And I do it. And then something will happen. And I yeah. can, or I'll look back and I'll be like, oh, wow, yeah. that's definitely God. Yeah. yeah. And it's just have that confirmation that God had set all that up. And of course he knew from the beginning. Yeah. Like how's all going to fall into place? Everything was going to work out. But as you're living it, you know, in real time. I mean, it really is left like the... God uses those as like life lessons for us, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to to teach us something or show us something. Imagine what your life would be if everything was completely smooth 
all of the time. Or if you knew, yeah, if you knew or every you detail, knew, yeah, like it was gonna <laughs> yeah. happen today. Yeah, I get the up in good the and the bad, right? Try to be, try to avoid the bad and knew what all the good was. Yeah, but yeah. God, and He's always worked like that throughout all the time. In fact, I think that's one of the lessons that God shows everybody, even Samuel in Scripture. Remember, the book of Samuel really just isn't about the uh, life of David. It's about so many other individuals that are there, too. And most importantly, just like every one of these books or chapters, uh, it's all about how uh, God is working through people, not about the people themselves. But one of the works that he has, one of the lessons, is in uh, chapter 16, uh, 1 Samuel, verse 7. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, uh, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I think there's, just, there's so much there, even in just that latter piece of that verse. Oh, yeah. uh, how often do all of us do this, Pastor Mark? Looking at outward yep. appearance, right? Yep. And we don't even Changing. do it just with <clears throat> other people. We do it even with ourselves, right? Of being able to, uh, not that you don't want to be, that you want to be, go through life being unkempt or something like that and not being able to take care of yourself. But we even put a lot of pressures or time or effort or energy in our outward appearance. Yeah. And I am not even just talking about the clothes that we wear or uh, the makeup that gets put on, you name all these different things, but just the presence that we're constantly putting off in people's uh, uh, surroundings. You know, uh, sometimes maybe it's not even truly who we are on the inside, but we put up this front. And of course, we do that for other people too, the way that we engage with them, especially strangers or people that we see in the world that we just imagine things right from that moment, uh, maybe sometimes even at a level of judgment that we shouldn't have toward other people. But it's so neat when God, you know, uses this, as I said, as a, a teaching moment for all people. Don't worry about these sons of Jesse that are really handsome, that are mm -hmm. these big, strong guys that have achievements. Yeah, these, these are the kings that people are looking for, but uh, God's looking at his heart. And he even tells them that before he gives them the lesson, right? Because mm -hmm. then the, the sons keep keep coming out, and then yeah, Jesse asks, you know, saying, is this all of them? Yeah, Samuel's, I, I got to think, it's, at that point, the seven sons have gone through, and God said, nope, not this one, nope, not this one. And it's like, Jesse, do you have any more sons? <laughs> and then when Dad said, yeah, but he's, you know, the, the kid brother, he's out in the field, he's out in the sheep. And I think right there, Samuel started to figure out what God was doing. Yeah. Because he says, yeah. he says, all right, we're not going to sit down until David comes. Yes. That is so great. All right. We're going to stand here and we're going to wait for David. And I think you, you remember Samuel's story, right? He was a boy. Yeah. When God called him. Yeah. Samuel, Samuel. Remember, he goes to Eli. And, but he was a boy when God spoke to him and called him. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know, outward appearances. It's insignificant. It's a child. And here's David, a young boy, I don't know, 16 years old or whatever. But um, I think at that point, Samuel's like, okay, God's doing something. This, he's doing one of his things. Yeah, I love here. that when you mentioned that on Sunday when you said, like, he maybe began to, began to think, you know, am I at the right house here? Like, I heard a lot of people think about it. Because you would think that, right? Like, yeah. God, is there a different different Jesse? It's like, oh, yeah. Seven out of seven, God <laughs> yeah. said no. Yeah. Hey, he's told me to come here. And how funny, too. Uh, so... Even though he asked all the sons to come out, he puts all through it and he says, no, it's actually 
Samuel that has to question Jesse, do you have any other sons? He hasn't even put forth David because there's no way in his mind whatsoever that David could be king. Yeah, he's not a candidate. Even though that would be such a big thing for his family, for Jesse's family, that would be huge for any of his sons to be selected. It was so far gone that God could use him. And what a major piece of application here for us. And you mentioned this on Sunday. No matter what it is that we put this limitation, whether it's age, uh, the abilities that we have, you name it. Outward appearance, looks. Yeah, he's so easy. And God just says, no, I'm going to do these things through you. And that really ends up being the story over and over again. uh, That again, it's, it's God, his working through the people. And that's why none of our viewers today should doubt, you know, what God can do through you or through anybody around you. Uh, Don't put limitations on yourself. Those limitations are only set by people, you know, looking at these outward things or looking at our lack of outward elements that we may have. But God has so much more that he can do through our heart or just through his own will. In fact, I think we see that in an amazing manner as David kind of grows up a little bit. I know we didn't have enough time on Sunday (laughs) to get to it, but right after chapter 16, uh, when David is selected to be able to be king, he doesn't just jump right into that kingship right away. As you mentioned, there's like decades before he gets there. I wasn't even thinking about, just when I was sitting there myself listening to your sermon on Sunday, yeah, I forget how long it actually was. Like, just... I don't know. It, it was not there for me. So thank you for bringing that up on, on Sunday. But before we get to that that element of his kingship, one of the biggest stories ever that's got to be like one of the favorite of so Sunday many school. people. You, yeah. Every all, Sunday the, all the little boys love it. this. Yeah, right? Yeah. And all of our viewers probably know it's the story of David and Goliath. Um, anything, Pastor Mark, in particular that stands out to you in this this story or that you really liked as a, a young boy or really love today even well everybody loves the well and and it, it's it is such a famous story and it's such a i don't know what uh, outside of church maybe you would say there's a moral lesson to it or whatever but hmm. like it, it it's so meaningful that it literally has common usage in the secular world i was thinking about that like it, it's so commonly known and understood and, and thought about like David and Goliath, you know, David and Goliath. Yeah. That there's a, uh, there's just real quick, one of the examples that pops in my mind, Rachel and I watched uh, Survivor sometimes in one of the series that they did mm-hmm. was a series that was called the David's versus Goliath. You know, there's so all these people that were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People that were super strong or like all these achievements and like all looked right. at and then people in the world that maybe were like, you know, more really book smart and That's smaller. Funny, funny. So it was interesting, but you're right. You see that everywhere, right? It's not mm-hmm. just something used in scripture. It's something that's so well known, like the world uses it now too. You can even, uh, in the world, in uh, you know business world and life, just life challenges that we face, tough battles in life, uh, cancer or divorce or things we go through, uh, these giants, you know, in our lives to even, you know, uh, insignificant things like sports, you know, you, they talk about yeah. the Oh yeah, March Madness. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. David beats Goliath. That's right. That's and, right. Know, so anyway, it, it's it's just such a commonly known story. It, it's uh, but it, and it's so central uh, to our own faith here. So David is uh, a uh, 
like a squire. He's like a he's mm. not a soldier yet. Um, yeah, he's kind That's of a good a, way to put it, squire. Uh, he's kind of an assistant, <clears throat> but he's there with the army, and the Philistine army is there and threatening and menacing, and uh, finally, kind of mockingly, the Philistines put out this giant. Like, okay, hey, you know what? Instead of just going to war and us, you know, wiping you, you know, mowing you down. Tell you what, why don't you send out your best warrior? We'll send out our best warrior. Winner take all. Yeah. Winner take all. That'll be the end of the. We'll have to you know, all these other people killed. And of course, they've got a literal a literal giant. Yeah, it says he's nine feet tall, right? Yeah. Nine it's nine feet a, tall. I mean, that's just so massive. I mean, I've seen some tall people before, but nine feet is yeah. I mean, that's, that's super tall. And I don't think he's probably this beanpole either. You know, he's a, he's a strong, big, right. big guy. Right. And so nobody. And the Israelite army is uh, brave enough to to step out onto the field yeah. and face him. Well, I think they, in their minds, they already know what's going to happen too, right? Uh, yeah. You know, being able to see this big guy out there, and so, but uh, Goliath keeps coming out. He comes out like day after day, right? Like, yeah. as you said, taunting. taunting them, saying, you know, let, let let's do this, let's get the, get this going. Uh, if I'm not incorrect, is it 40 days that I think mm-hmm. comes out or something like that over and over yeah. again? Uh, asking the people to be able to, to go out. And David, this is just maybe our first glimpse of what God saw on the inside. That Remember, uh, he used to tell us, don't look at the, people look at externals, yes. but I look at the heart. Yes, I was just thinking that. And so here's our first real evidence of the heart that David has. It's an, it's an incredible uh heart filled with faith in the Lord and uh, when they come out onto the well back up a little bit so he he says hey let me go let me go out there I'll do it and uh, Saul King Saul gives uh, David his armor Mm -hmm. uh, to put on of course it's too big yeah it's just ridiculous right here's something I was I don't think I got this into the sermon or last week's Bible study when we talked about Saul and the Philistines so the Philistines controlled all of the iron technology. Mm. Mm. So uh, if you wanted to get your knife sharpened, you went to a Philistine blacksmith, essentially. Yeah. So not only did the Philistines have way more soldiers, they had far superior weapons. All the best stuff. Armor. So, so, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. So, uh, so basically what I was reading, one commentator was saying that Saul gave David his armor because that was probably the only suit of armor in the whole Israelite army. Hmm. The king was at that point was the only one that had armor. Wow, I never thought about that. Yeah, before. I hadn't either. At minimum, it was probably super rare. You're right that other people would have it. I think yeah. I can't remember now. I think there there were only like a handful of swords. Yeah. in the whole army. Yeah, uh, they had slingshots and spears, and but there weren't even like full. Man, that really puts it into into. Uh, a great vantage point of understanding the story a little bit more and more in depth, both of why the people are scared and just to, you know, what they are really up against. You know, it's not just this David and Goliath of individuals. It's this David and Goliath of armies or of yeah, yeah, civilizations exactly. yep. that are going up against each other at the same time right. uh, too. Yeah. There's no way Israel was going to win without the Lord. Yeah. Give them the victory. So they so, had to have faith. Well, maybe we get to there then. So, you know, fast forward, as you mentioned, with the trying on the armor, getting the pieces on, finally going out, and they're there. They're ready to, to battle. 
And uh, maybe I'll just read one of the scripture verses here that stood out to me when I was looking over it today. Are you going to get some of the smack talking? No, no, no. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, they started calling them. I was going to read that part. They started calling them dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 I'm going to chop off your head. I'm going to your your bone. I was gonna, I was gonna skip that part. Our viewers okay. can check that out. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Because they're gonna feed him to the birds and stuff yeah. like that. He says, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Now, I was thinking of uh, uh, from chapter seventeen, verse forty-five. It says David said to the Philistine, uh, "You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled." And I, I love that, right? Uh, talking about just the, I don't know, both the trust that David has in God and also where his strength comes from. Like he understands that. And you know, when we read in scripture about putting on, you know, our helmet or our breastplate or our boots or all these elements of uh, protection and also advancement in the Lord and in faith. I think about this story, you know, Mm -hmm. David is talking about uh, real armor here, but that's something that he also mentions on the the faith side too, of how important that is. And that's how he knows he's going to have the victory. He trusts God that much. You know, David at this point, he isn't some just small little kid that's completely naive, you know? Mm -hmm. This isn't a a, a child that's... um, really just in infancy and doesn't maybe right. understand the the world. He's seen a lot of things. Remember, this is David who has been out in the field. Right. He, has, he has fought battles against very aggressive animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been out, be out there with uh, tending these sheep and had to take care of uh, precious life and assets for his family. Yeah. And so he knows what he's up against today, but he knows there's only one way to win. And again, what a great just example or lesson for us in our life too, no matter what we're facing, like there's nothing on this earth that's ever going to beat that battle for us. Uh, you know, you think, man, if I just had more money, I'm going to beat this, this giant. If I just had a bigger house, nicer cars, better family, whatever, whatever is not going right in your life today that you want to blame something on. You think if this would just change, this would go away. And that's, it's never the truth. It might stifle things for a little while, but the only way really to ever face that giant, whatever it is in your life, and especially the ultimate ones that all of us have of death, of sin, of the devil himself really is that faith that we have in the Lord. That's really good. That's really good. So the story goes on. You want to kind of wrap, wrap, don't well, spoil we all know how it ends, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, for most people, I'd they be when I assume. the stone and uh, knocks him out. And then he goes and chops off his head. Yeah, that, that part's always interesting, right? Like this, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess he's finishing the do- job, buries that uh, stone inside of uh, uh, the Philistine's forehead. And then, yeah, he uh, brings this Philistine's head to Jerusalem and, uh, you know, is able to be able to take, I don't know, this uh, example, I guess, of uh, how the Lord has been victorious and show this as people. You know, it's not necessarily like a, a trophy, I think, that David is trying to use it as, but it really is showing God's victory right. and uh, how much he is just one for the people. And again, another one for us to always remember. And so the result of that, of course, is David becomes a national hero at that point. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it just from that point on, victory after victory and accomplishment after accomplishment <clears throat> for David, uh, his popularity grows. And of course, that's when Saul. That's a, that's the thing, right? It, it even it doesn't. It, even though David gets all these great things, just like uh, you would hope to receive in life, it leads to other problems that are there too. Mm-hmm. Just because David wins this uh, massive battle doesn't mean that he doesn't face things later on. And as you mentioned, Pastor Mark, uh, even Saul, the current king, uh, begins to become jealous of David, even though he's really his own kin. Uh, David goes on to be a part of Saul's family in various ways, both with Saul's daughter and even then being best friends with his son. And, you know, still in this whole mix, uh, Saul is so frustrated and so unfocused on godly things. uh, There are a couple of different occasions in which he decides that he's going to try to kill David and really be able to go after him. And so David faces these other battles in his life too, even against people that that he loves. And uh, one of the things I appreciate actually in that piece of the story is David's uh, gentleness and um, element of understanding and forgiveness, even in the face of Saul's anger. Yeah, that and well, even before, right? So uh, David is not campaigning to take over the throne early. Yeah, uh, before God wants him to. He's not yeah, out. He's out no trying to. He's not trying to, uh, you know, manipulate the will of the people or the court. Or um, he maintains a, a humble a humble in that in the sense of I just want to do what the Lord wants done. Like I just want to stay in the center of God's will. Uh, and like you said, even when Saul tries to kill him, Saul throws a spear at him. And David, he shows up to work the next day. Yeah. Like he just. Um, well, David even has opportunity where he could make advancement on Saul and you know take care of him, and he doesn't do that too. He's still you know even in this time, like when somebody's after him, it's amazing okay. the forgiveness and love that he that he truly has, and just the the restraint in these in these moments. And that's something I always appreciate about uh, the character of David too. It's not just uh, these battles that he wins physically, it's these battles that he wins of having a high emotional intelligence. I don't know if we always talk about that with people within scripture, but David, at least on this occasion, no, his yeah. emotional intelligence is running pretty high. And what I mean by that is he's really taking time to be able to understand the situation that he's in make rational decisions uh, that mainly are God-pleasing and also in the end we see are the most beneficial to to everybody. Uh, You know, he probably could have been within his right to kill Saul because David is going to become king, first of all. Number two, Saul has already tried to kill him. And people would probably just respected that and said it was fine because, as you mentioned, in this uh, piece of the story, David is, he's well-liked, you know, and uh, the the people, you know, they they even they even shout out his names. You know that Saul has killed his thousands, but David he's killed his tens of, of thousands. You know, we love this this guy. He probably can't do wrong in their eyes, but he's still you know he's waiting on God's timing, mm-hmm. and that's a huge uh, I don't know uh, continued message I think in this uh, book too of First uh, Samuel is waiting on God's timing, kind of where we we started at there. 
any questions or anything you see in our scripture today that would be good for our viewer uh, being able to make any other applications that are that are there no i think the i think the big theme here again i touched on the sermon not to just keep hammering that point though but um god chose david because god saw his heart and it wasn't because of david's physical characteristics or uh i don't know necessarily even personality but but it was his heart and his his willingness you know to be available and to be obedient to god and whatever god wanted him to do whether it was going back out in the field uh, and tending sheep for a few more years, whether it was just being a court musician for a few years, uh, working his way. It was standing in front of <laughs> Goliath uh, with his neck on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever God asked him to do, he was willing yeah. and obedient. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's all that God wants from all, any of us, every one of us. And so maybe, you know, today we look at that exact element of, you know, how can we follow that and learn that in the story of David, in the story of Samuel, in the story of Saul, all of the people that are mentioned here within scripture, Jesse, uh, David's brothers, imagine how they've seen all this. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're mentioned a couple more times, even in here, going off to war and helping out too. Uh, But, you know, are we willing to be able to wait on God's timing and uh, I don't mind you bringing up the sermon from Sunday, even if people saw it again. Pastor Mark, you did such a good job giving all of us those cards and really giving us that example. You know, are we willing to be able to write our name down so that God in turn can write the rest of our story just as he does every day, but take uh, faith and have trust in him in all things. And it's an easy thing to just say, yeah, I can do that real quick. It's a whole nother one to actually believe that. I was thinking about that today, uh, even just when I woke up, but how I probably need to think about that every day. I thought, you know, maybe I could do that. I don't want to waste cards, but maybe I could have one on my desk, this dry erase or something that every day I can, you know, write my name down mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you know, God, I'm giving today over to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks for that uh, amazing example. Nice. You know, David does a, a great job in this section of the story this next week. Uh, make sure you read ahead. We're going to go into chapter 12. Uh, the story changes a little bit for David, just as it does he's, for all of us. He's not he's a perfect human. guy. Yeah. He's, a, he's a human guy. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that on Sunday, and we'll talk about it in the Bible study next week, too, being able to see how, you know, even when things are going great and our faith is strong, that sin is still so deep in all of us. Selfishness runs so deep in all of us. And that is a piece of David's story, too. So read ahead on that and check that out. Don't uh, miss the sermon on uh, Sunday. Uh, we hope to be able to see you with us either uh, in person or if you have to, catch us online, too. We're glad that that exists. But thank you again for turning, tuning in to our uh, Bible study for today. Keep reading that story Bible, and we'll see you again soon. Yep. Thanks for joining us.